Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Anthony with Be the Gospel, and we are in day 12, chapter 12 of Heal the Sick with Brother Teal Osborne. So, today's chapter is called Looking at God's Word. To understand what God will, God's will is regarding our sickness or infirmity, let us look at some of God's promises to us in His Word. The children of Israel, on their way to, to the promised land, God said, I am the Lord who heals you. In this statement, he gave them one of his redemptive names. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. That is, I am the Lord, your physician, your healer. What a wonderful and universal promise this is regarding physical or mental trouble of any kind. There were some three million people, some three million to whom Jehovah Rapha gave this promise. It is what it was, that it was meant for every one of them is proven by the fact that they were not there was not a feeble person among their tribes. So there was nobody weak among their tribes when they exited, right? And then even as they were they were falling dead because of serpents and stuff, God he reveals who he is, um, his nature, his character, even when this specifically happened, wasn't when they were being bitten by snakes, it was when um, God actually purified the water by telling Moses, throw the tree into this um, salty water, and it became sweet, and they were able to drink. So it goes to show that God's showing his nature, that he healed the water, and he could heal your body, and which is very interesting. So more we can dive into there, but let's continue. Remembering his benefits. Remember the word of, of God is a revelation of God's will for every one of us. Because you have to understand that God is letting us know through his word, his will. He's saying, this is who I am. This is my character. This is my nature. He's communicating to us in a, in a way that we'll be able to understand because we are social beings. Right? He made us to be social. To work together. To, to do things together. To cooperate as a team. And, and, and come together. That's why there's more um, power. Should... <laughs> Let me put power, right? That as two or more gather in his name, he's there in the midst. When there's a power of agreement, when there's a three three branded cord, it's not easily broken, right? Because as people come together in unity, it creates a um, like synergy that protects them and keeps them together and focused on what God wants them to do. So note the psalmist prays, in which he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all the benefit, all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Psalms 103, 1-3. As long as Jesus Christ will forgive all of your sins, all of our sins, he will heal all of our diseases. As long as he is a for, sin forgiver, he will be a sickness healer. Both sin and sickness are hateful in his sight. He was, is, and always will be willing to heal all those who are sick as to save all who are sinful. The benefits which the Lord was to bring to the world, says David, were salvation to the sinful and healing to the sick. 
And again, in Psalms 103, I want you to note, it talks about sin and sickness and the answer that God gives forgiveness for sin and healing for sickness, they're coupled again together in Scripture. So always pay attention to that because you'll find that as God talks about healing, He also talks about forgiveness and and many other things. Um, but you always see them linked together, especially in Isaiah 53 and many other places, what I meant to say, not many other things, many other places in Scripture. You find where it's always mentioned together. So God is the one who's bringing the tie in and, and binding them together. So what he does for one, he does for the other, right? And so as we begin to understand it, it makes it so much easier. So forget not all his benefits. Many have forgotten the benefits of who heals all your diseases. The benefits of healing for those who are diseased have been forgotten through the traditional preaching and teaching of those who have brought to us the traditions of men rather than the truth that sets people free. Every promise of God in his word is a revelation to us of what he is eager to do for us. His promises to heal all reveal his will to heal everyone. Right? When it says all, he's referring to everyone. Had he had not promised to heal all disease, then in some instances he might not be willing to heal. But seeing that he has promised to heal all our diseases, then it is his will to heal all who ask him. Believe his word, accept it as revelation of his will for you. Act accordingly and healing will be yours. And so it's, it's very important that we understand exactly what his benefits are and that they haven't passed away because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Unless it's about healing, unless it's about certain topics we don't want to discuss, right? But that's not the case at all. We can see that God is healer and he pronounced himself as healer and then Jesus comes and he pronounced himself as healer by healing all who came to him that were sick, right? Showing that he was doing the Father's will. And this is the Father's will that, that none stay sick. And he tells his disciples, in whatever city you go into, heal the sick. Cast out demons, raise the dead, right? So he's giving them the commission of the Father's will to accomplish everywhere they go. Plain and simple. Healed with his stripes. Consider the words of Isaiah when in the 53rd chapter of, of his prophecy, verse 4 and 5, he says, Surely he has bore our griefs, sicknesses, and carried our, our sorrows, pains. He, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions, and with his stripes we were healed, or we are healed. Then uh, there can be no doubting the truth of Isaiah's statements, because when the eve, evening ones come, the even the evening was come, they brought to him Jesus, many who were possessed with devils, and he cast out the evil spirits with his word, doesn't say words, it says word, and healed all who were sick, again it says all, it's a, an absolute word there, right, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, saving, should be saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and it's Matthew 8, not Mark 8, Matthew 8, 16 through 17. If Christ has bore our sicknesses and pains, and if he has took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, that proves that we need to bear, um, we need not bear them, right? We talked about this last chapter. He is our substitute and has bore them in our place so that we are free. We are set free. And this is where the imagery of the scapegoat from the Old Testament is so important, right? And so, it says, God's word 
reveals his will for us. If we, if he wanted some of us to be sick, then Jesus would not have borne our sicknesses and diseases for us. Because in doing so, he would have liberated us from every, the very thing God wanted some of us to bear. This proves that it's not God's will for us to be sick at all, because Jesus paid for it all. He didn't pay for 90%. He didn't pay for 50%. He didn't pay for 10%. He paid for 100%. Okay? But since Christ could say, Lo, I come to do your will, O God, then when he bore our sicknesses and our diseases and suffered the stripes by which we were healed, we are healed, we have the will of God revealed concerning, concerning the healing of our bodies. Trust steps out on the word and the effects of perfect healing are soon manifested in our bodies. So it's, it's so important that you begin to see that it's not God's will for you to be sick. It's the devil's will for you to be sick. And he wants you to agree with him. He wants you to blame God. Because if you blame God for the sickness, you will never go to God for the answer. Plain and simple. And so if you're attacking the person who has the answer, who's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, if you're attacking God, then you're never going to go to them for the solution. He understands this. Because you're going to be offended with him. God, how come this person died? How come this sickness? How come... Right? And we have all these excuses and we're going after God instead of seeing the enemy for who he is. Now we're commanded to heal. Jesus Christ was all, always as ready and willing to heal the sick as he was to forgive sin, the sin. Or the sinful. So, ma so many seem to think who are sharing the gospel of healing for the sick are off on what the, the critic and unbeliever often term a side issue of the Bible. I remind myself that Jesus spent more of his three years of ministry healing the sick and casting out demons than in any other phase of his ministry. This is very something very something something very interesting for you to go and check out. It's constantly talking about him healing and ministering and casting out demons and it takes time. Okay, so you're gonna see for yourself that he spent a lot of time ministering to the sick. And casting out demons. There are more cases recorded of his having heated, um, he healed the sick, not heated the sick, healed the sick, than there are of his having forgiven the sinful. Remember, there's a lot of spelling errors in this. I don't know why, but there are. Okay, so every person whom Jesus sent to preach the gospel was commanded by him to do exactly as he had done while here on the earth. Namely, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, and freely give. The same commission in which Jesus commanded his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it says every creature. Adding that the one who believe, believes and is baptized shall be saved. Also commands us saying they, as referring to us, the believers, shall lay hands on the sick and they, the sick people, shall recover. It's a promise given by Jesus. He's saying this is the way it is. There's no gray area. There's no excuses. He's not saying it's okay if you if a believer lays hands on the sick and, and, and they're going to stay sick. No, he doesn't give that any room. He doesn't give that as an excuse at all. He's clearly saying if you're a believer and you lay hands on the sick, they will, they will be healed. But you have to understand. You have to know that. It has to be so a part of you that when you lay hands, you're not doubting in the slightest. You know that that person's going to fully recover because God is able to do what he promised. And he promised you right here in Mark 
uh, 16, verse 17 and 18, that believers, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It is strange to me that so many people say that the days of miraculous healing of the sick are past, but they still baptize in water. Those who profess to, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, both are in the same commission. Wonder who told them that the days of laying on, laying, laying on of hands on the sick are, for healing are over and, not, and that therefore the, sh the sick should no longer expect to be healed by the power of God. This is an excellent point. There's many things that we still do in the church today that technically would fall under the same um, dispensation, the same time period, right? Only in that time did they have to do that, right? But that's not the case at all. Seeing that it's a commandment that he spoke once and for all for all believers. We're to make disciples. We're supposed to preach the gospel everywhere we go. We're supposed to heal the sick and cast out demons and, and cleanse the lepers and set people free, right? And so it's something we're supposed to continue today. The word of God says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That reveals to us the fact that it is God's will for the sick to recover. If not, if it were not, he would have said, and he would not have said they shall recover. He would have said they will, just, they will stay sick until they get everything right. Until they pray just exactly right. Until they say it the way I wanted them to say it. No, he doesn't say any of that. It says believers will lay hands on the sick and the, and the people will recover. The sick will recover. Trust is believing that God will do what, what you know he said in his word that he would do. Right? What did I say? Romans 4.21 Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. And that's basically what he's saying here. If you do not know what he said about healing the sick, then you will not be able to have trust for healing. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. And I find a lot of people, they want to try to heal the sick, testing it out, trying it out to see, oh, is this a possibility? Instead of being fully convinced that when they lay hands on the sick, the person's going to be healed and the person is healed, 100% of the time. I had a friend. They came to me. And he said, Anthony, why do you see such great success when you pray for people on the streets? I said, look, I put it all on God. I, don't, I, I can't heal anyone. I go, so if it's all on God, then I, I tell people this one little secret, this one little key. I said, how would you like for God to heal you right now, in this very moment? And my friend looked at me and goes, I could never be that bold. That's crazy. I go, yeah, but you're thinking that you have to be the person to heal. You're not there to heal. God does the healing. He flows through you. He heals the person. He's just asking you to be obedient and obey his word so that he can fulfill his promise. It's that simple. And so my friend was like, okay. Well, I go, at least try it out. Try out what my little secret is, the, that you put it all on God. So, so they're like, okay. So they go to the store. And the next morning before a meeting and and they, they go and they order, you know, their order. And then they ask, is anybody sick here? And you have a headache, you have anything? And this lady goes, well, I have a headache. And she's like, how would you like to be healed right now? So she used the technique, right? It's a technique, method, whatever you want to say. <sighs> Excuse me. And so she takes her hand, she prays, and it's instantly gone. And she comes back to me and she's like, it works. It works Absolutely. I go, yes, it works absolutely, or else I would never have told you to do it, right? Because you're putting all your trust in God that he has to show up in that moment to do what he promised he would do, plain and simple. 
Since he is willing to heal the sick, then he will heal the sick. Since he will heal the sick, then he will heal the sick now. In fact, what he wills to do, he would rather do now than later. He would rather do it today than tomorrow. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. See, so don't put off what God wants to do now for later. Don't be hoping that he'll do it later because you're hoping that what you're praying is going to happen. No, you be fully convinced because God's word absolutely says it that he's going to do what he promised. So even if you're there, if you're not there, that's not the focus. Your focus is completely on God is going to do this. And because I've done his, his word, I've obeyed his word by laying hands on the sick, he's going to fulfill the rest. He's the author and the finisher of our trust, right? Because what I found, and I think I shared this testimony already, there was a lady, she was in, in Bolivia, she was in a, um, in, in a coma. They did a chemically induced coma because she had an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm. And so they didn't want her to die, so they slowed everything down. Her head was swollen, she had tubes coming out. I mean, I just went in there, I just laid my hand on her and said, be healed in Jesus' name. I came to wake you up. And um, then I walked out and that was that, right? Because it wasn't about how long I prayed. It wasn't about how long I touched her. None of that matters. Because then it becomes about you. It becomes about what you were able to accomplish, what you did. Instead of, I believe that God's word, when he says, I lay hands on the sick, they have to recover. So, when I look at God's word, my trust is in his word because I can trust him because he can. He is found faithful 100% of the time. He never fails. He accomplishes what he promised. He always does what he says, right? And as I focus on that, then I know with absolute certainty within myself that when I pray that God is going to do exactly what he said. When I lay hands, he's going to fulfill his word and the person's going to be completely healed. They're going to recover. So my confidence is in that. It's not in anything else. It's completely in him. Religious forgery. There are always some who dare to reword the will. Referring to God's New Testament. This is really committing forgery. Since no will may be changed after the death of the one who made it. Before leaving the world, Jesus left us his father's will. Regarding the sinful and the sick by stating that they that believe and are baptized shall be saved and they believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover some may cheat you out of the benefits of redemption by misinterpreting god's will to you but you can read the will for yourself if you are in need of healing do not accept the ideas of those who tell you that you must suffer for god's glory read the will take advantage of it claim its benefits use your rights declared in it All heaven stands ready to enforce every covenant right of yours when you dare to be bold in claiming them. You know, um, before I can finish, it reminds me of this story, and I've been looking for this story. So if you know where this is at, please message me, PM me, whatever, um, because it's an amazing story. So there was this man of God. He got invited over to this lady's house. She had just lost her husband. And she told them that, you know, they, they read the will and they gave her a piece of paper and, and that's all she was, that's all she received. And so she was, you know, illiterate. She didn't understand many things. Her husband took care of everything and he was extremely wealthy, right? So she had this house that she was staying in that by herself that she could manage and take care of. 
uh, but her her money was starting to run out. And she's like, well, I re- really wish, um, you know, God could, you know, he'll provide for me and everything. So please pray for me. And I might be getting the story wrong, but this is parts I remember. And he's he's talking to her and he stops and he looks at this paper on the wall. Because she put it in a frame and he's asking her questions about it. And he's just staring at it. And then he looks at her and he goes, um, you do know you could take this over to the bank and they can help you with this. It was a check for a, a ridiculous amount of money. And she was worried about bread and, and buying bread and, and, and just basic essentials. And she had all this money hanging on the wall. Right? Because she didn't know what it was. She didn't realize she had access to it. And so it's just amazing what happens when we can read the will, when we can understand it, that we don't just like take advantage. It sounds almost bad, but but we can take um, we can take it as our own because it's what he's promised to us. It's what he's given to us. He's not holding it back from us. He's freely giving it to us. So there's no need for us to take advantage, but simply claim its benefits because he's made them available. So if you don't have healing in your body right now, it's simply because you haven't laid claim to it fully. You might say, well, I believe I've been praying. I've had others pray. Brother, I haven't even had you pray, you know, and it's like, okay, but that's that's the starting point. So let's trust him. Let's believe him. Let's thank God for for what he's promised and that he's able to fulfill what he promised, plain and simple, right? Because as we do that, it changes our mindset it, and it, it moves us to a place where we can receive from God because we know that it creates an expectation within us that it's going to happen. And that's how simple this is. So let's continue. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. He delights in blinding men and women to their covenant rights, and to their redemptive benefits. But Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Believe His promises right now. No better time is better than now for God to do what you, what you do for you what He promised to do. So when you look at this, believe His promises right now. No time is better than the present for God to do what He has promised to do for you see there's many promises god makes clear in his in his word and so but it it requires that we stand on his word we obey his word we agree with his word for his will to be enacted on the earth and and so when we trust his promises it's saying he's saying yes in heaven he's like yes somebody dares to trust me Somebody dares to believe me to exercise my will on the earth. Go back to the Lord's Prayer in in Matthew chapter 6. Look what it says, or Matthew chapter 8, sorry. And and look what it says, right? You know what? I'm going to go look because I don't like quoting something and then I'm off. And so I'd rather know 100% that it's correct or not. And it is the Lord's Prayer. It's Matthew chapter 6, um, 5 through 14. Right? So when you look at it, it, he says, Your will be done. He says, Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. So if his will was being done on earth already, then why is he saying, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Right? So he has us here. The reason why we don't get sucked up into heaven immediately as we get born again, which would be great for us, right? Um, in the short term. But looking at it, it's he has us here to exercise his will. His love, his mercy, his joy, his justice. We're here for him. He did everything for us so that we can do this with him, through him, by him, and do his will here on the earth. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Okay? So I hope this has blessed you. Let me pray for you and we'll get we'll get ready for tomorrow. Because tomorrow's gonna be on the nature of trust. Oh, it's so good, so good, right? And so some of the notes and things that are going to be coming out tomorrow are going to be phenomenal. And I look forward to it. But let me go ahead and leave you with this and then we'll pray. God doesn't want you to be sick. He doesn't want you to settle for what the devil's giving you. He doesn't want you to be sinful. He doesn't want you to be full of sickness. He wants you healed. He wants you holy. He wants you pure and righteous. And you can only have that inside of Jesus. And if you are inside of him because you're a believer, then it means anything else is pushed outside. Because none of that stuff can, can even go near Jesus. Right? Because he's light. And darkness cannot touch light. Period. It, it's nature, the nature of light that naturally overcomes darkness. Naturally pushes darkness beyond its, its borders. So you think some sickness is going to be able to jump on health? No. Health automatically overcomes it and, and defeats it. And it's that simple. So let me pray for you. Just lay your hand on yourself, on your heart, or on your head if you want. And we're going to pray. So Father, I thank you right now for everybody in the sound of my voice. That all sickness, all pain, even all sin, you go now. You go completely. In the name of Jesus. And what I mean, when I say all sin, I mean all the, the consciousness of the past sins that have the enemy's trying to use to condemn you and bring you down and say that you deserve this sickness and all this other stuff. He is a liar. God says you deserve him. He is your inheritance. Jesus is, is your inheritance. The kingdom of God is your inheritance. So Father, I thank you right now that all sickness and pain and disease that it goes now, 100%. That all guilt, all lie, all condemnation, it goes now. As you heal their hearts and you heal their minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be The Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at BeTheGospelToday. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Be The Gospel.